Hello, and welcome to the G2 Podcast. Okay, I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes. And hopefully we're all feeling a little bit exposed because we're now going to talk about vulnerability for the next five minutes or so. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word vulnerability? What emotions does it evoke in you? Does it excite you? Perhaps you really thrive off it, reveling in the intimacy and trust that vulnerability enables you to have when detailed aspects of your life are shared with another person. Maybe it evokes the complete opposite in you. Perhaps you find yourself almost internally wincing at even the prospect of opening up to somebody about the bleaker areas of your life. Take a second now to consider your stance on it. You can open your eyes now. Honestly, for me, the word vulnerability makes me want to do a little bit sick inside of my mouth. (laughs) By nature, I'm not someone who finds it particularly easy talking to people about my emotions. I'm really stubborn and therefore find it quite difficult to ask for help, whether that be at work or just in my personal life. And I can find it especially hard opening up to people about the sins that I'm currently struggling with. But earlier last year, I felt Jesus really start to challenge me in this area of my life. Now for me, when Jesus convicts me of something, it's usually through some sort of emotional response. And I'm well aware that sounds a bit vague. So if you're slightly newer to faith like I am, or equally if you're just sat there thinking, Beth, what the hell are you on about? Then um, feel free to chat to me some more about that at the end if you'd like. And through this emotional response, I felt Jesus say, I need you to start being a bit more emotionally vulnerable. Now, as a proud redhead, (laughs) the stubbornness came out in full force on this one. And believe me when I say I did my absolute utmost to sweep this newfound concept well and truly under the carpet. (laughs) But when Jesus wants to tell us something, he stops at nothing, right? He chases us down. So to my sheer horror, Jesus then actually had the audacity to start speaking through my friends. I would be having conversations with people that weren't even remotely linked to faith. And still, this topic of vulnerability would keep coming up over and over and over again. Jesus was about as subtle as a fire engine during the season. And I still did everything I could to avoid the warning siren. The months that followed afterwards were actually pretty dire. Panic rumination became their constant companions. Intrusive thoughts littered my mind and the shame that followed engulfed me. And during this time, I really wasn't looking after myself. I'd really neglected um, my overall well-being. I barely slept. I definitely wasn't eating enough. And I actually really struggled to do almost anything without my flatmate Sarah. Denial and dry humor became my newfound coping mechanisms. And instead of addressing these issues with my brothers and sisters in Christ, or even with Jesus, I chose to hide it. And I let the shame fester inside of me like mold. And what breaks my heart is I really don't think I'm alone in my approach. How many times do we marginalize the things we're going through? Playing them off as, it's not that big of a deal, or someone else has got it worse, so I'll just keep everything that I've got going on inside. How often do we wrestle with our own sin, desperate to tell someone and confide in somebody, but the fear of rejection inhibits us? What are you grappling with? What is it you're scared of? 
as I've been navigating this in my own life, one verse that truly helped me was from Hebrews 12. It reads this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the rates marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set out before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. I want to draw your attention to verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That's us. That's the people sitting among you right now. Take a look around you. And I think as we read verses like this, we can almost forget what an absolute privilege it is to even just be part of a community. Not only that, but a community where we can gather safely, totally free from persecution, to share our struggles, pray for one another, and encourage each other in our walk with Jesus. Why on earth aren't we taking advantage of that? For the joy set out before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus, literally God himself, endured one of the most shameful means of execution of its time. Jesus would have been stripped of his clothing, mocked by everyone, including the people he was being crucified with. Jesus understands shame. Not only does he understand it, he embodied it so that you don't have to. Jesus bore all of our sins, past, present, and future. He's bought your freedom, forgiven you ultimately, settled the debt so there's no need for you to be encapsulated by guilt or shame anymore. He's paid the fine. So how are we going to respond to this? Now, when I first started coming to G2, one phrase that people used to always say was laying it down at the foot of the cross. And honestly, this, and among the many forms of Christianese I had to get my head around, I had no idea what any of you were talking about. But this week, as I've been preparing for this, I've actually given this a bit of a go in quite the literal sense. I've taken to drawing a rather shoddy looking cross on a piece of paper, nothing like what Sarah could produce, and pinning it to my bedroom wall. And then I've started writing down all my worries, my insecurities on a piece of paper, and I've just laid them underneath. And although this might sound a little bit silly or strange, it's just a really practical kinesthetic reminder that whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, you have permission to offload that onto Jesus and accept the freedom that he's purchased in return. So that's what we're going to do together now. Now, when I was thinking of what activity we could do, I really wanted to go like all out for this. So I ran it by Annabelle and I was like, oh, we could have like a, a 12 foot cross and then we could like pour petrol of it and then literally like set the shame on fire. Um, but then Annabelle was like, mm, how are we going to get it through the door? Think of the insurance. Like the risk assessment's going to be really prolific. <laughs> so um, instead, we basically got Dan Farden's necklace, but on a slightly larger scale. <laughs> So, in true Blue Peter fashion, under your chairs, there'll be some post-it notes and some pens. I want you to take a second now to pray and to ask the Holy Spirit to identify something that you're struggling to be vulnerable with. Maybe you've had a row with your partner and you're still feeling a little bit guilty about it. Maybe you're struggling with your mental health and your mind is taking you down some dark paths. Whatever it is, whatever you feel comfortable enough to write, jot it down now and then we're gonna lay them at the foot of the cross together. <laughs> 